It's a new cancer treatment that genetically alters a person's immune system, training healthy cells to target and kill deadly cancer cells. On today's show, hear from the team of doctors who worked collaboratively in translating basic science research into successful clinical application. Ours is a very unique approach using two targets on the person's cancer cells. That is the aspect that is unique and that was developed here with our partners. The therapy harnesses your own immune system by genetically modifying T cells and training them to fight the cancer. We've taken bench research that has been done on this campus and now we're translating it into this current generation. And later, we'll hear from the Wisconsin man whose life has been extended after becoming the first person in the world to receive this groundbreaking treatment in a clinical trial. Once I got the cells, within a few days, the crisis was over. There was no detectable cancer. I was in remission. Learn about the success of dual-target CAR-T cell therapy inside this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. Welcome to CTSI Discovery Radio. I'm your host, Brian Belmer. CTSI Discovery Radio is brought to you by the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin. The CTSI is a consortium of researchers, doctors, scientists, and others representing eight institutions, including the Medical College of Wisconsin, Milwaukee School of Engineering, Marquette University, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Children's Hospital of Wisconsin, Freighter Hospital, Blood Center of Wisconsin, and the Zablocki VA Medical Center. The CTSI works collaboratively across all of our member institutions in advancing biomedical research and finding new drugs, treatments, therapeutics, and interventions that are better, faster, and more economical than ever. Our mission is advancing health through research and discovery. A media event was recently held to announce that a collaboration of doctors and researchers from the Medical College of Wisconsin, Freighter Hospital, Children's Hospital of Wisconsin, and Blood Center of Wisconsin have successfully treated a Wisconsin man with lymphoma. The team utilized a promising new treatment which genetically alters the patient's immune system, essentially training it to target and kill cancer cells. Today, courtesy of audio shared by the Medical College of Wisconsin's Office of Communications, we're bringing the news conference to you. And later, we'll hear from the man whose cancer's in remission. Based on the early success of the clinical trial, you'll learn about now. The news conference begins with MCW's Dr. Parameswaran Hari sharing exciting news of a medical breakthrough. Today, we were sharing a success story with a personalized approach and a first-in-the-world, first-in-human clinical trial using a type of technology called CAR T-cell for the first time in Milwaukee. But before he spoke about the success of the clinical trial, Dr. Hari first shares important background on this new cancer treatment known as CAR T-cells, C-A-R-T, stands for Chimeric Antigen Receptor T-cells. Let's do a quick overview on CAR T-cell therapy. He proceeds to explain how Chimeric Antigen Receptor, or CAR-T, cell therapy works. The process of taking a patient's own T-cells, which are a part of your immune system, and converting those T-cells into very highly selective, targeted assassins of cancer. So using gene modification of these T-cells taken from the patient, and in the lab outside, we modify those T-cells to be highly targeted killers of cancer cells. We talk about precision medicine frequently on this show. Here it is in application. This is a very specific therapy. It's very personalized, and it's very precise. So it's kind of the merge of precision medicine, personalized therapy, 
and targeted approach to cancer. Although CAR T-cell therapy has been conducted elsewhere, this collaboration of doctors tried a unique approach. This is the approach in this particular situation using two targets on the person's cancer cells. So we call it a dual targeted CAR-T approach. And that is the aspect that is unique and that was developed here with our partners. Dr. Hari says it is, for many reasons, the type of cancer treatment he and his colleagues have hoped for. Most of us hold out that this is the transforming therapy that we are seeing in our careers. We have had tremendous success. We feel very happy about this, and that's why we want to share it with the community. Next, we'll hear from Dr. Nirav Shah, principal investigator of this clinical trial. First, he gives us a bit more of the science behind how CAR T-cell therapy is working in treating blood cancers. Since CAR T-cells were developed over the last five to six years, these treatments have revolutionized how we think about treating blood cancers. This therapy harnesses your own immune system, as Dr. Hari mentioned. By genetically modifying T cells, which are a different part of our immune system, and training and teaching them to fight the cancer. After they've been trained and taught, they're reinserted into the body where they can do damage to the cancer that is inflicting the patient. Dr. Shaw says it's an evolving process, and the success he and his team are discovering with their unique approach could be taking the science forward. While the therapies have worked for many people with refractory cancers, they have not worked for all patients. We are hoping to advance on the science of CAR T-cell technology. So the clinical trial that we have targets two cancer cell molecules, and we think that this might be more effective for patients with certain types of blood cancers. And so far, it is working. A few months ago, we enrolled our first patient who will be speaking with us shortly. He has had a long ongoing battle with mantle cell lymphoma, which is a type of non-Hodgkin lymphoma for which these therapies are very promising. He had previously received two bone marrow transplants, and despite this and other therapies for mantle cell, he continued to have disease at the time when this clinical trial was available. That patient is Brett from Appleton, Wisconsin. We'll hear his story from Brett himself a bit later in this show. But first, Dr. Shaw shares details about Brett's participation in the clinical trial that he was leading. Fortunately, Brett was in good shape and condition to enroll, and he volunteered to be a subject on this trial. We collected his T-cells, we re-educated them in the lab, taught them how to fight the cancer in his body, and we reinserted them into him. The results are nothing short of remarkable. And we're really excited to announce that he is now in a complete remission, which is an exciting milestone for Brett, most of all, but also for this technology, this cancer center, our city, and for the people in Wisconsin that will be able to offer this trial to patients going forward. And the great hope is this dual-targeted CAR T-cell therapy clinical trial only begins with Brett's so far successful outcome. Brett is not only the first patient treated here at the medical center, but we're also hoping to have other clinical trials and other CAR T-cell opportunities in the near future. And this project was really a development of a collaborative effort between our industrial partners, our partners here on the campus, and our scientists who work in the lab. So now we have an understanding of the basic science behind the dual-targeted CAR T-cell therapy, and we know that it's working. Next, we'll learn how it works. Dr. Brian Johnson is director of the Bone Marrow Transplant Laboratories at the Medical College of Wisconsin, and he explains the specific technology used in training the T-cells in our immune system to become cancer-killing cells. We use a device called the Miltani Clinimax Prodigy to generate our engineered CAR T-cells in the cell processing lab that I oversee. How does the Prodigy system work? What this device does is it isolates the T-cells from the rest of the blood, and then a reagent that activates the T-cells given along with the virus that encodes this CAR gene. So the engineered T-cells are then grown in the instrument for about two weeks, after which time we have around a billion cells or more 
And then these cells are ready to be given back to the patient. And it's when these retrained T cells are returned to the patient that the cancer killing begins. So after we have these cells, we give them to the patient. They basically go on a search and destroy mission and they find the cancer cells and they find the target car antigen and they destroy these cells. They're very effective, very potent killers. Dr. Johnson says there's several key benefits provided by the specific process and technology that he and his lab team utilize. Number one, it significantly reduces the time that the patient can get the cells. We can do everything in-house and it takes about two weeks so we can get these cells rapidly to the patient. Significantly reduces the amount of manpower required to manufacture the cells because this is an automated system. It's a completely closed system that helps to ensure quality of the cells. And then finally, it helps reduce our manufacturing costs. And so we're very grateful to have these instruments. The real reward is seeing these cells go back to the patient. Especially now that they've seen their process provide positive results. For us in the lab, this is the ultimate reward. It's rewarding for everyone that's part of the dual-targeted CAR T-cell clinical trial. Dr. David Margolis is director of Children's Hospital of Wisconsin's Bone Marrow and Transplant Program. And he says the trial's initial success is in no small part due to the collaboration between people and institutions. This is a team. This is a team of Children's Hospital of Wisconsin, Freighter Hospital, Medical College, blood center, everybody working together to right now help a person who is doing so much better. We'll meet that person next. But first, Dr. Margolis says the collaboration actually began back in 2014 with the acquisition of the Prodigy system, long before this clinical trial ever began. The Clinimax Prodigy system was purchased using funds from the MAC Funding Children's Hospital Foundation. The investigators at Children's and at Freighter, together with our parents at MCW, put that in the Freighter lab with the hope that one of these days we would have cell therapy. And so much thanks to the MAC Funding Children's Hospital Foundation for allowing us to get that machine into the lab. But make no mistake, while the latest technology makes dual-targeted CAR T-cell therapy now possible, the fact is... As we look here on this campus, we've been fighting cancer with the immune system for decades. And we've taken that bench research that has been done on this campus, and now we're translating this into this current generation. And the current generation is translating into groundbreaking cancer research, happening right here in our community. It's so outstanding here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to have these partnerships where everybody's working together to help the adults, and we will be helping kids too. As Dr. Margolis points out, the hope is to begin CAR T-cell clinical trials for children very soon. We look forward to the next protocol. The FDA said no thank you for the first, but we look forward to being able to have a clinical trial at Children's Hospital Wisconsin done within the Mac Fund Center, which will be able to enroll kids once the FDA gives us permission. Next, we have the distinct pleasure of hearing from the first participant in the landmark dual-targeted CAR T-cell clinical trial we've just learned about. Meet Brett from Appleton, Wisconsin. Brett has received two earlier bone marrow transplants and is now the first in our area to receive CAR T-cells as immune oncology therapy in fighting his mantle cell lymphoma, a type of cancer that affects the white blood cells that make a part of our body's immune system. First at the news conference and in an interview following the media event, Brett shares his story with us. He begins by thanking the many doctors, nurses, and clinicians working on the clinical trials team. And he credits some other special people that have had a profound impact on his medical journey. Both my wife and my mother have supported me throughout this. And really there's one other couple that I'd like to thank. 
Dr. Hardy told me that as he was growing up, he actually wanted to be a mathematician. So his parents convinced him to go into medicine instead. A special thanks is due there. Uh, so how did he get to where he is today? Brett takes us back, starting with his initial diagnosis. It's been a long road. It's been almost seven years since I was diagnosed with a form of cancer, mantle cell lymphoma. He quickly learned that mantle cell lymphoma was more than just serious. It was incurable. It was like, you know, a little handbook on lymphoma at the time. Here you go, and here's the different types, and, you know, it comes right out. Mantle cell, incurable. Like, okay, that's not good. You know, it just added to the upset of being diagnosed in the first place. And his reaction to the news is what you'd expect. I was angry. I was depressed. My wife cried. It's hard to imagine what it's like to learn that you have a deadly disease for which there is no cure. Brett says the gravity of the situation sank in for both he and his wife. That's not a good realization in your life, I can tell you. My wife, you know, she was upset about all the things that potentially we still wanted to do together that may not be out there. Soon Brett began chemotherapy, and despite the grim prognosis, his doctor told him not to give up hope. He kind of gave me a metaphorical kick and said, we're going to keep you alive with this treatment, and if needed, there will be another treatment, and if needed, there will be another treatment after that. And in the meantime, new treatments will be developed. One of those may be a cure. It now looks like that doctor's words were more than just a well-intended wish because today... Essentially, what has happened is exactly what he predicted. It has been treatment after treatment. It's been remission followed by additional relapses. But it's all culminated late last year where I got the CAR-T, which is potentially a cure. Notice Brett says potentially a cure. More on that in a bit. But first, how did Brett decide to participate in the dual-targeted CAR-T cell clinical trial? Had he exhausted all of his other options? He says... Not exactly. I still had other options. I mean, they had been talking about getting me onto another chemotherapy regimen, relatively low impact sort of thing, but that was likely to be another temporary measure. So, you know, the chances of that being permanent were less likely than this. Before entering into the clinical trial, Brett went through other treatments knowing going in that none of them would cure his cancer. He had hope that the CAR T cell therapy would be different. Frankly, I'd kind of gotten used to everything sort of working. Anything else seemed to be more like chemotherapy and treatments that I'd had in the past, where it was likely to get me into remission, but not permanently, whereas this one had the potential to be a permanent cure. He also points out that he had previously heard of CAR T cell therapy. CAR T has been available. We initially started it probably five years ago. And when I would ask, would that apply to me, even Dr. Hari would say, that's not ready yet. But by last year, sufficient advancements in the therapy had been made, now making doctors confident in telling Brett, We've got CAR-T, and you look like a good candidate. You know, it's a little bit of a change in my mindset. After essentially being told, not a good idea, now it was a good idea. What was it that now made Brett a viable candidate for CAR T cell therapy? One of the things that made me uniquely a good candidate is the type of cancer that I have actually active in two different types of B cells, referred to as CD19 and CD20 responses. And they developed this therapy to attack both of those, whereas all previous CAR-T treatments had been just one or the other or some other receptor altogether. And so based on the specific variety of mantle cell lymphoma he had, Brett agreed that the dual-targeted focus of this clinical trial was worth a try. All the previous treatments that I've had tended to be either traditional chemotherapy, kind of kill the cancer without quite killing the patient, or targeting either CD19 or CD20. The problem was if I had a flare-up in kind of the CD19 portion of it and they treated that, 
the CD20 cancer was still waiting to come back quickly. By having a more broad-based coverage with our CAR-T program, it'll potentially be more effective. And it just happened to align very well with the cancer that I have. Another thing that gives me more hope, this treatment will be significantly different than the other treatments that I've had in the past. Brett says that deciding to do it was one thing, but then he had to survive long enough to give the treatment a chance to work. We were already in the process. Cells had been harvested, but I was starting to relapse and also in kind of rough shape. I mean, the kind of rough shape that you end up in the emergency room trying to keep me alive long enough to make it to the CAR-T reinfusion. Fortunately, he did survive and the treatment was fast and effective. And once I got the cells reinfused, within a few days, the crisis was over. There was no detectable cancer. I was in remission. Let that sink in. Within a few days, I was in remission and feeling better. How was it even possible for the dual-targeted CAR T cells to work so quickly? Dr. Narav Shah explains. When they're infused, they basically have a receptor on them that targets the cancer. And so they can go and find the cancer cells. We can see signs of that happening through different blood work. And we saw clinical improvement as the therapy was proceeding. And he reminds us that results are fast because the CAR T cells become trained killers of specific targeted cancer cells. And so when it goes into your body, it finds the target that it's looking for, that we've modified it to find, and then it goes there and starts killing. And so this therapy can be very effective very quickly. And for Brett, that was about 28 days, which is incredible. How many of these CAR T cells are we talking about? Dr. Parameswaran Hari. A quarter million cells is what we gave Brett. These cells expand and they multiply and they persist in the body. So if the cancer tries to come back, they can kill the cancer again. Interesting. So the CAR T cells will stay in your immune system and keep fighting off the return of the cancer cells. But for how long? Dr. Shah says... This is the therapy that we're learning about. This is a clinical trial. And so as we learn more about these therapies, we'll learn what the right dose is. And then we'll also see if some patients need to be retreated. But these are questions that remain unanswered at this time. To hear Brett tell it from the patient perspective, he views it like fighting a common infection one might have. Like they said, it's your own immune system and it responds like any other infection. But now it's been taught that that cancer is an infection and it needs to fight it. So you get that same response that you might get if you had the flu or something else. Your immune system goes into high gear and starts treating the problem. But also, just like fighting a common infection... You also get all the potential side effects that you get with any other infection. But they were prepared for that and were there ready to treat each of those. Brett does say there were some side effects he wasn't prepared for. All of the physical responses that you have are bad enough, but when your brain stops working the way you expect it to, that was probably the worst. Dr. Shah immediately was ready with the treatment for that side effect and you know, is feeling back to normal within a couple of days. There were also side effects caused by the medications he had to take following the CAR-T therapy. Medications that they give you for various side effects have their own side effects, but all of those become a daily annoyance, whether it's stomach problems, nausea, others that I won't detail. But uh, treatments have had different side effects. It's not like each one of them automatically gives you all of these. People's response, I'm sure, is different with the same medications. How long was it before Brett was allowed to go home? As the first patient, they kept me for about three weeks, but that isn't necessarily a requirement of the therapy. Really, it could be as soon as a few days. Okay, so now the question seemingly everyone is asking Brett. So am I cured? I think that's the answer everybody wants. Only time will tell. 
that would make a great story. And while he's not prepared to say he is cured, Brett does say that this new cancer therapy does feel different from other treatments he's been through. So this one does feel different. It's potentially a cure. Once I get over some of the side effects actually from my last treatment, I'm potentially down to not taking any medication, no maintenance treatment, just on my own with my immune system, newly trained to fight this cancer and no need for any of the medicine beyond what anybody would need. Now being in remission, does Brett feel like his experience is something right out of some futuristic science fiction novel? This is actually not the first treatment that I felt like it was science fiction. Back in the 90s, when they were talking about mapping the human genome, it always seemed like, what is it good for? Well, it turns out it's good for this stuff. And so as I start offering various treatments that specifically improve upon the natural genetics of your immune system, that's where we are. I mean, it is definitely the future. He still cannot say with any certainty that he's cured of his cancer. As far as this being a cure for cancer, well, it definitely was effective in the short term and the modified T-cells are still detectable in my bloodstream. They're essentially still sitting there in a similar way that a vaccine works. So there's a few cells there now, but if that cancer was to show up, the hope would be that those cells would multiply and attack the cancer just as aggressively. Now, I don't want to overstate it and say that this is a vaccine for cancer. I'm just saying that it's a similar mechanism, as I understand it. But he's definitely come a long way since first being diagnosed with mantle cell lymphoma. At the time, your median lifespan Span was expected to be about two years. And that's been almost seven years ago, so think about that. They've given me five years already. Still, it's understandable why he's careful when asked about his current status. Well, I'll tell you what, it's a cautious optimism. You know, it's potentially a cure, but how do you know if you're cured with something like this? You know, at one point, a lot of grim faces filling my hospital room. And a few days later, I could tell that I was already on the upswing improving after receiving the cells. As for that cautious optimism, Brett says, actually, that's a bit out of character for him. Well, I think I'm naturally a pessimist. So it's a big step forward to be cautiously optimistic. His wait-and-see approach is due in part to other treatments that also seemed to work, but ultimately failed him. The first treatment that I got down here, which was a stem cell transplant in the cancer clinic, I was in remission for a year. I mean, I felt good about that one, only to come back for that one-year follow-up and find out, not so fast, you're relapsing and you've got to get back into treatment. So it was the kind of thing, like I said, only time will tell. Another common question Brett gets about his participation in the clinical trial, who pays for all of this? Anything that's unique to the clinical trial is paid for by MCW and Freydert as the sponsors. Now, anything that would be kind of your normal cancer treatment falls back to your insurance or to yourself as being responsible for that. With his cancer now in remission and hoping it stays in remission, what's Brett looking forward to post-clinical trial? I look forward to really getting my strength back, putting a little weight on so I fit my clothes again and getting back to work really full-time. Brett's a pilot for FedEx, and while getting cleared of his cancer is one major goal, Another is to get clearance to fly again. But that's not really up to him. Yeah, that is certainly one of my top goals. The FAA is very considered about who they will grant the medical privilege to be a pilot in general. So to go back to flying, I've got to have the highest level of medical certification with the FAA. And it's completely up to them to decide whether or not to grant that to me. So proving that I not only feel ready, but they're comfortable sending me out there is part of the goal. Today, he says he's not ready to fly. Not just yet. I don't really feel ready. 
I've got a lot of strength and energy that I need to recover. You know, that's just the process of putting the weight back on, exercise. But I'm getting better. And so I think this year it would be reasonable that I would feel good enough. And once he does feel ready to fly again? It's a matter of petitioning the FAA and saying, what do you think? And they'll look at this as something new and potentially something that needs to be watched for a while rather than quickly saying, oh, we have a large history of people who have been through this and we know how they respond. While we are focusing on him as the first recipient of this promising dual-targeted CAR T-cell therapy, Brett says he's not the story. I hope people see this as the opportunity that is for everyone, potentially, not just a story about me. His remission and possible cure are only part of the story. But what does Brett believe is the real story here? The real story is that that's all available here at Freighter, the cutting edge of research and treatment right here for the people of Wisconsin. And that's the main thing he wants everyone in our community to understand. Well, that should be the highlight of what everybody takes away from all of this. You know, this is good for me, but it's good for everybody just to have this opportunity where you don't have to uproot yourself and your life to go get treatment. Just think of all of your support that you want to have through something like this. It's all here for you. Back at the news conference, Dr. Shaw personally thanked Brett for being a pioneer in the dual target CAR T-cell clinical trial. I'd like to acknowledge the courage that it takes a patient to enroll on a trial, not knowing whether this trial will be beneficial. And it is patients like Brett that have advanced science for other patients in the future. And for that, Brett, I thank you. Meanwhile, Brett's thankful that the care he's received through the clinical trial goes far beyond just medical treatment. Dr. Hari always refers to me as my friend Brett. I mean, we are friendly beyond a doctor-patient relationship. If I'm cured, I'll actually miss visiting with Dr. Hari. Now they're talking about following me up for 15 years, so I'll be here a while. We hope you're here and healthy for a long time. Thanks for sharing your story today, Brett. Finally, we told you recently about the upcoming All of Us Research Program to help the NIH gather health data from more than 1 million people nationwide in accelerating precision medicine. We don't have an update on this for you just yet. We will soon. But we think it's important to keep precision medicine top of mind. So today, we'll focus our community eye on precision health. We've learned on previous shows how precision medicine uses an individual's genetic, biological, and environmental information in providing the right medical treatment for the right person at the right time. So by comparison, what is precision health? We met with Sarah Longenecker, program manager for the All of Us Research Program at the Medical College of Wisconsin. Sarah explains. Well, it's based on the same principles of precision medicine, but I consider precision health to be a broader approach to the total picture of health and wellness by incorporating more than medicine to treat illness. What are some aspects of precision health making it a more comprehensive approach in promoting health and wellness? Basically, it allows for more flexibility in treatment and may appeal to those who are more interested in a moralistic total health approach. Examples could be more precise prescriptions prescriptions for interventions to reduce stress, psychotherapy interventions for people who may be more predisposed to depression or eating disorders or trauma, and the same thing goes with exercise and physical activity prescription, food and diets, nutrition. But while precision health is broader than precision medicine, make no mistake, they're closely related. I would say they're siblings, like brother and sister. <laughs> 
in that the term precision health just may be a little more friendly and translatable to the general public, but based on the same principles of precision medicine. Sarah says precision health is important in general because... It's a part of the fundamental shift in healthcare and treatment, kind of like what the internet did for acquiring knowledge and expanding communication. She also stresses the specific importance of precision health in research, healthcare, and education. Developing the awareness for and trust in precision health starts with educating people. If we can invest more now in this movement, we will gain more later. And the impact personal devices, like your smartphone and wearables, already have on precision health. Technology plays a super big role because it allows us to better track our behaviors, actions, interactions, keep and transmit records more efficiently, provide real-time feedback, and can be an invaluable source of on-demand information. Sarah says precision health is important to her, both professionally and personally. It's always been something I've been passionate about. I've always wanted to know what I can do to stay better, both physically and mentally, and promote that for others. I'm hoping that I can be a part of facilitating that here at MCW and with CTSI. After all, this is the future of healthcare. That's Sarah Longenecker, Program Manager for the All of Us Research Program at the Medical College of Wisconsin. We'll hear more from Sarah on future shows. But for now, we've reached the end for this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. Once again, our sincere thanks to today's guests, Dr. Parameswaran Hari, Dr. Nirav Shah, Dr. Brian Johnson, and Dr. David Margolis, each of them at the Medical College of Wisconsin. And again, special thanks to Brett for sharing his inspiring story. CTSI Discovery Radio airs the third Friday of every month, so make an appointment on your calendar and join us for each episode. On behalf of the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin and all of our affiliate partners and members, I'm Brian Belmer, wishing you happy, healthy days ahead. For more information about research or to listen to this program online and on demand, please visit the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin website at ctsi.mcw.edu. CTSI Discovery Radio is written, produced, and hosted by Brian Belmer in collaboration with WMSE Radio. The CTSI and this program are under the direction of Dr. Reza Shakir.